The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their health care practitioner before attempting any treatment. Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. Did you know that pharmaceuticals you've been taking much of your life can all of a sudden cause significant problems as you age? That reactions to prescription drugs are the fourth leading cause of death in the United States. That well-meaning doctors may be giving you false diagnoses that are actually the side effects of your medication. Today's guest, Armin Neal, is here to talk about all this and more. Neil is a board-certified geriatric pharmacist whose medical career has spanned four decades. His work has been featured in Prevention Magazine, Reader's Digest, and the AARP Bulletin, where he is the Ask the Pharmacist expert. He's here today on Health Watch to talk about his book, Are Your Prescriptions Killing You? How to Prevent Dangerous Interactions, Avoid Deadly Side Effects, and Be Healthier with Fewer Drugs. Welcome to Health Watch, Armin Neal. Well, I'm glad to be here. Well, let's Yeah, so um let's let's talk about um this phenomenon that you know, people can be on medications and then um for their lifetime and then and then later on in their lives the medications that they were tolerating well can actually cause significant problems. What what happens with aging that could make a normally tolerable medication uh, a problem and maybe even a life-threatening problem? Well, as, as we age, our, uh, our chemistry changes and our organ function changes. And um, I'll give you an example. Once you pass 30 years old, you lose 1% of your kidney function and 1% of your liver function every year after, after 30 years old. And so when you're 85, then you've lost about 55% of, you, of those functions. But that doesn't mean that you can't carry on a good active life. It just means that... Uh, as you take drugs and things like that, that you have to uh, consider the dosage changes or maybe the drugs are not uh, uh, metabolized at all in the, in the liver anymore, and so you can't take that one, but there's alternatives to take. So it's just a, a change in the uh, age system and how, uh, as we get older, the chemistry changes. So, so if the liver and the kidneys actually um, either become less efficient or actually shrink as we as we age, it's a drug that we're taking when we're thirty or forty could eventually become toxic because we can't get it out of our body as quickly. Is that the main reason? Yeah, uh, and, and you, uh, they don't actually shrink. They just the the, uh, the the chemistry inside the function of them just changes a lot because uh, as as we get older, some of the uh, uh, enzymes or the uh, chemistry that has to be there for the drug to to metabolize or be excreted uh, just isn't there anymore. And um, uh, for instance, uh, uh, the older we get, the uh, the, le- the the way the the uh, kidney works is the filtration of the drug out out of the kidney changes entirely. And so, uh, a drug that works well and it is is excreted by kidney function, a kidney would you know, but then become toxic in, in older people. Tell us a little bit about the type of uh, pharmacist you are. You're not a typical pharmacist that um, is at the local uh, drugstore uh, prescribing medications, but you actually consult with patients to figure out ways to reduce their medications. Tell us a little well, bit about that. Well, I, my, my, I just, um, another specialty, I, I, my specialty is in geriatrics, and I'm a board certified, so I had to, 
Stan Boards to be uh, uh, certified in geriatrics. And I actually haven't worked in a pharmacy since about 1977. So all mine has been clinical uh, work with uh, developing uh, drug therapy management programs for older people. So um, you talk in Are Your Prescriptions Killing You? You talk about the idea of what's called a prescription cascade and, and polypharmacy. Can you tell our listeners what those things mean? Well, you know, the, the patient comes in. Well, a couple of things you're involved there, and, and of course this isn't slamming the physician, but uh, time and money uh, plays into a big role. How much time does the physician have to spend with the patient based on the way they're paid now? Uh, in a, a, a great amount of time, and so the patient comes in for a certain problem, and the, and the physician prescribes a medication. Well, that medication might have been the wrong medication, or it might be one that doesn't metabolize or doesn't be excreted in the uh, in a 24-hour t- time. So the next day, there's a little left from the day before, and it just keeps going. And so then they come back uh, with to the to the doctor and say, "Well, now I've got this this problem now." And the doctor says, well, at your age, you know, you've got this problem. Here's a drug to treat this problem. So then you go out and these two things then make something else happen, and you go back to the doc, and the doc sees that as a new problem and then prescribes another medication. And that can just go on and on until, uh, well, go on and on until either the the patient expires or, or, or somebody steps in and stops that, that cascade. Well, it was interesting in the book that you talk about how with each new drug that's added to a, a regimen for an individual, the increased chance of drug interactions uh, or potentially serious drug interactions is not uh, linear but exponential. And you said that 6%, there's a 6% chance if you're taking two drugs of having a serious drug interaction, but there's a 50% chance if you're taking five medications. Are, is there any research on, on your approach where you, you look at the whole um, amount of drugs people are taking and, and, and find ways to minimize and reduce the medications? Uh, well, you know, sure, there's, there's a good bit of research done on that. Basically, it's just chemistry. And if you know the chemistry of the drug and you know the chemistry of the patient, then you, can, then you develop a management program within those, the parameters of those two pieces of chemistry. Um, but there's a lot, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, member of the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists, which is about 12,000 pharmacists like me throughout the United States that do drug therapy management in older people, especially in long-term care facilities and, and things like that. But but my practice is limited to outpatients, so I, I, do, I just do uh, just the average uh, older person in t- uh, that's not in an institution that has drug problems and comes to me. In reading your book, it, it, it looks like, from your perspective, it, it's, it's necessary to really measure how well somebody's kidney is, is functioning to determine whether or not they should be on a certain drug and what the dosage is. Why do you think that this is not part of common practice for family doctors to actually look at the individual's ability to metabolize and excrete medications? Well, I, two or three things. One, I'd like to go back to the time part. But the other thing is the fact that uh, it's, it, it, medical technology has, has uh, developed so rapidly and, and so much of it over the past 40 or 50 years that the, the doctors have a real hard time just keeping up with the diagnostic tools and diagnoses and things like that. And the 
chemistry has become so specific and so, you know, gene-specific, organ-specific, uh, cell-specific, that uh, they can't keep up with all those things. And so that's where the, uh, that's where the role of the uh, consultant pharmacist or the pharmacist clinician is coming into and will play a greater part uh, in, that, uh, in the future in, this, in the selection of the drug for that patient. Armin, you talk in the book about uh, a list called the Beers List, which is a list of medications that um, elderly people, most most elderly people shouldn't be on. Uh, and it, it's interesting because a lot of the things on the list I'm imagining are things that most elderly people are on. Why, why is the Beers List not something that's being used um, to uh, protect elderly people from potentially dangerous side effects? You know, I, that's a good question. I'm real disappointed in that, in the fact that that list has been out for over 10 years now and is updated all the time. And, uh, and so many prescribers uh, <clears throat> don't, know, don't know anything about the list, and I, I don't understand why. Can you, can you talk about some of the things, like, for instance, some of them are quite common, like Advil and ibuprofen and naproxen are things that really should be um, prescribed far less for people who are elderly. Can you talk about why, for instance, that would be something of concern? Well, the first thing is if you're over 50, you need to, uh, when you pick up that pain reliever, you need to look on it and see if it has the capital letters N-S-A-I-D. And uh, that means that that's an NSAID, or it's a, a group in with the ibuprofen and the Advil and the uh, naprosins and things like that. What happens is when you take the drug, uh, two, two or three things happen. One is the fact when it, it goes into your stomach, it makes the stomach quit making the mucous membrane that, that coats the stomach, that keeps the stomach from uh, attacking itself or contact, attacking the flesh in the stomach uh, with the acid. And so... Over a period of time, then you you develop some uh, ulcers, and those those ulcers can become perforated and start bleeding. And a lot of time, they bleed internally, and, and the patient then can get anemic and actually hemorrhage to death. With uh, you know, all with the uh, with not really having any other symptoms. Uh, another thing it does is with the way it interacts with the uh, blood pressure and, and changing your blood pressure and uh, other organ functions. Uh, make it a drug that uh, it's a good drug, an excellent drug, but it's not a good drug. Uh, it's a deadly drug for people over age 50, 55. And then there are other drugs um, that you would think would be relatively harmless that have some research on them that look like they raise concern as well. Like you, you mentioned uh, the class of antidepressants, SSRIs, uh, actually increasing the risk of falls in elderly people by 70%, which is pretty remarkable and probably not something that prescribing doctors are informing their elderly patients about. Well, you know, it, it was uh, really more so the, uh, the, the group of drugs called uh, benzodiazepines were the ones that really were included in that study, uh, uh, fall study, and it deals with uh, drugs like Xanax and Valium and Ativan and, uh, and especially the Restoril and Dalmain and, those, uh, and Ambien and those drugs, and older patients take them. It takes a, it, uh, they're supposed to be metabolized in the liver, uh, and the liver, some of the liver enzymes aren't there anymore, and so they don't get metabolized out clearly, and so then 
there there's a compounding or buildup of the drug within the system, and uh, and it can manifest itself in making the patient have vertigo falls, or it can make them as they're driving down the road they uh, they fall asleep while driving. Uh, lots of other side effects that go along with it because the drug, once you put it inside, has a difficult time getting back out. And then there are drugs like there's a class of, of drugs for acid reflux that uh, you talk about in the book that uh, can have the risk of reducing the effectiveness of other drugs that you're taking. Can you explain that a little bit and how an acid reflux drug could actually take another medication that you're taking and make it less powerful? Well, the, the, the normal, a normal gut of a patient it has a pH of somewhere between 1 and 3. That means it's super acid. Uh, as you get further on up the line, 6 or 7, you're getting into a basic gut. The acid has to be there on an acid-sensitive drug. It doesn't only have to be a drug, but it can be any kind of nutrient, any kind of vitamin or any kind of mineral or anything like that. If, as you take those uh they call proton pump inhibitors, and you take that, then it, the, that drug makes the liver quit producing, uh, opening up the stomach to the acid uh, uh, pumps that pump the acid into the stomach. So it allows the, the, the older person's gut to become basic. Well, it's already basic to a certain degree because of age. It's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 3, 4 uh, pH, you know. But then it pulls it down to around 6 or 7 so then any drug or mineral or vitamin or anything like that that's acid-sensitive, then will just pass through the system without being uh, absorbed and, and metabolized and used. And uh, this, this in turn then makes patients that are taking uh, calcium supplements for their bone enhancement, that makes all that uh, zero out, makes the calcium uh, quit being absorbed. Uh, it makes a lot of your time release drug that you take today uh, that then you can't uh, you can't get a um, bit from it because the acid is not there to break down the the time release on the on the tablet to make it uh, uh, react like it's supposed to. So the drug also then has a, a tendency to build up uh, build, you can't, when you stop a system like that. It builds up a rebound of acid, and so when you the, you the, you miss a dose of the drug, something like that, then you're inundated with uh, large amounts of acid in your stomach, and then that causes a lot of discomfort and a lot of other problems, uh, uh, reflux problems, stuff like that. Armin, in our final minutes, um, it we. Uh, often people are coming in in their later years on many, many medications, and it's definitely a challenge of the physician to figure out if a new symptom is uh, is actually a disease or whether it's caused by a medication they're already taking or a drug interaction. It looks like one of the diseases that often gets mistakenly uh, diagnosed is Alzheimer's, which actually sometimes is really caused by a drug-induced dementia. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well... Uh, several different uh, ones of the uh, of your blood pressure medicines have a tendency to make you have memory problem, but uh, also some of the uh, medications that you take for cholesterol and stuff like that uh, will mimic certain symptoms of uh, Alzheimer's disease, and uh, and then you see that, that then the doc uh, prescribes one of these um, uh, uh, Alzheimer's drugs or. Uh, cholinergic type drugs 
uh, to help with Alzheimer's. Well, uh, those drugs also uh, impair uh, cardiac function uh, by themselves, and then so that causes more problems that can occur then with the, with your heart rate and stuff like that. And then you have to have a pacemaker, and on and on and on. The I think the time is is coming when the uh, when the physician will d- diagnose a case, and then the uh, a clinical pharmacist or drug therapy manager will then uh, uh, prescribe the uh, the medications that are necessary to treat that that condition. Well, it was interesting in the book also that you you know you mentioned how the liver and kidney are less efficient as we age, that when older people get surgery and are given anesthesia, that it can take a lot longer for it to be excreted from the body, and some of that disorientation can be mistaken for signs of dementia, and people can be put on drugs um, that were really due to some transient effect that might have only lasted a couple weeks. Uh, that's correct, and the reason the most anesthesias are fat soluble. So the uh, uh, when the, when a patient has anesthesia for you know over, over an hour, thirty minutes, an hour or plus, then that uh, that anesthesia sticks in the fat cells of the body, and and where if you were younger, you would flush them out. We well, don't flush them out quite as readily, and uh, as you get older, and uh, so they. They uh, take longer to to dissipate, and uh, in doing so, you can go through uh, really memory loss. You can go through uh, agitation, where you become violent, and you know uh, really psychotic type symptoms that might occur. And then all of a sudden, uh, you see in the nurse home you on all these antipsychotic drugs and stuff like that. And where if you'd have uh, given you you know time, to, and sometimes it takes up to ninety days for all, for all this anesthesia to clear the patient to where they're back to normal, where their mental status is back to normal. Armin, we're, we're almost out of time, but can you, how about a final thought for our listeners who m- may know someone or, or maybe themselves ha- are on quite a few medications and are looking to take more charge of what's going on for themselves? It, my advice is get the book. Now, not just because that I wrote the book, but I wrote the book for one purpose, and that was so that that the older people could understand how our body changes and what drugs are good and what are bad. And I outlined in the book, you know, chapters on on how you get old, what happens as you get old, and, and chapters on what's good and what's bad, and then a lot of case studies. And every physician should have a copy of this book. Every pharmacist should, every nurse, and anybody that uh, it's over 50 should have a copy, and their children should have a copy to, <laughs> to help them uh uh, with with the aging process, but it's well, Armin, easy to read. Armin Neal, was, uh, it definitely was a, an educational read for me, and I appreciate you being on the Health Watch today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate being asked. Thank you a lot. We're talking today with geriatric pharmacist Armin Neal about his book, Are Your Prescriptions Killing You? How to Prevent Dangerous Interactions, Avoid Deadly Side Effects, and Be Healthier with Fewer Drugs. Stay tuned for the rest of the Monday Morning Radio Zine.